The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. The weather is really bad, Mike Poland. Welcome, one and all, to the latest Blog of the Boys roundtable. It is Tuesday, January 16th, 2024, 8.01 p.m. Central Standard Time. You can watch our show live on any one of three platforms, the Blog of the Boys YouTube channel, the Blog of the Boys Twitch channel, or the Blog of the Boys Facebook page. You can also catch it. Uh, on a rewatch at your own convenience on any one of those platforms. You can also listen to it on the Blog of the Boys podcast network. Make sure to check out blogontheboys.com, of course, for the latest and greatest in the world of Dallas Cowboys news, discussion, um, and general commentary, which for whatever reason we're all continuing to subject ourselves to. I say we. My name is Arjo Joa, one of three horsemen here tonight. First up, from all the way across the pond, the proverbial ism, it is Mike Poland of UK Cowboys fame. Mike, it's great to see your bright, shining, beautiful face. Uh, yeah, it is. But you say it's eight oh one. It's it's two oh one here in the UK. But uh, I'm I'm here to support all of you uh, and be here and a shoulder to cry on at our very darkest time. Uh, yeah, it does feel like um like like the the third act of of the like big time movie and and you know the the horrible things are starting to happen. Uh, Danny Phantom, uh, it's you, me, and Mike tonight. Uh, Mike, you know, right before you joined, actually, before we started streaming, said, I'm, I'm going to try to be as positive as I can. That's just kind of, you know, how I how I see things, which I really respect. It's really tough to be positive right now, Danny Phantom. It is. In fact, I thought about just not showing up to this uh, because the, the Cowboys didn't show up. So I figured, you know what, what's the point? Uh, no, but you know what? I mean, I know people view me as kind of a downer, but at, at the same time, I'm kind of the kind of person you want to be around in these type of situations too. So be, because I feel like, you know, as a longtime fan, the Cowboys have done this plenty of times before. So, you know, it's it's good to have perspective, but uh, definitely this is a very difficult time. Lonely Catman says in the chat, Requiem for a team. Have either one of you seen Requiem for a dream? Because that movie, that'll mess you up. Um, have you seen that film, Danny Phantom? I have not. No, I wouldn't advise it. Uh, that's all I'll say. I mean, it, it that's, Fair, a, okay. a, that's a, a that's a tough movie. Um, almost as tough as what we saw on Sunday afternoon. We're not here to rehash the particulars of the game. There's no need. The body's cold. It's in the ground or whatever we did. I don't know if y'all think that we, um, you know, some sort of balming or you know who knows what we did with this body. Um, it is, it is a really, really, really kind of tough place to be. And I appreciate everybody who's here in our chat and all the people who were chatting, obviously, before we got here, um, Mike, I guess, um, we kind of have to just start with, uh, 
how depressed how how depressed are you? Admittedly, though, an optimist because you know we can compare this, and we were kind of chatting like, is this the worst playoff loss the Cowboys have endured? This does feel like a different kind of low. We've all dealt with Cowboys playoff losses in the past, but mm-hmm. it really does seem like we are truly in the wilderness here with no real path towards any kind of guidance. Yeah, it, the best way I think I can describe this is it feels like I. I've met this beautiful, lovely young woman, and I've just found out she's cheated on me with a guy from Wisconsin. Okay. So particularly <laughs> from Wisconsin. Okay. Yeah, particularly. Yeah, yeah. Because it just feels like, I think, there was a feel with this Cowboys team as it was moving towards the end of the season that the things that there was a, a light at the end of the tunnel with a few things like the running game, Tony Pollard, CD lamb was becoming this huge offensive weapon. So everything was looking positive. You know, we had guys like Jonathan Hankins coming back and uh, Tyler Smith coming back. So things were on the up and you kind of think, yes, this is going to be it. This will be the time, but it turns out we were cheated that it was all a lie. And that it doesn't matter how many all pro and pro bowl players you've got on there. It turns out that you need zero as green Bay have shown to beat the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. Danny, I'm, I'm going to go with a different analogy than Mike. If, if you'll allow me, I feel um, like we are in the Truman show. Like everyone has been lying to us. Like, like everyone has known about our distorted reality. And on some level we always knew, but, but we kind of wanted to suspend that reality um, to just kind of go along, but then it just became, you know, too much, you know, the, the tide turned and, and we kind of had to, maybe that's what we're in the process of is, is, is paddling out, paddling out to, to the end of the two dimensional world, uh, as little honey squeaks her toy. Um, and, and now we, we have to open that door, that, that door to the unknown. I mean, it kind of feels like we're walking up those steps right now. Yeah. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if this was just some giant facade, you know, just some script. You almost can't script it like this because it's just, you build this team up so much and then look what kind of, you know, twist that it takes. So I think that's a great analogy. I also like Mike's too, because honestly, I feel like, and I go through this every year, like when you wake up after a Cowboys playoff loss, you know, you ha- you feel like you you lost someone or you have that, that feeling in the stomach, like, is this really happening? Did it really happen? And it takes me a few days of waking up before you kind of like get over it. And it does kind of feel like a breakup or losing a pet or something. I mean, it, it does for me because it's just that much of a kick in the stomach. It's, it, it is a tough loss because the expectations were high. We were really, we all believe this will be the year that we break the division around curse. Um, the stage was set. The table was set. The path was there. Cowboys had the opportunity. Mike mentioned nine all pros. I mean, what do you, what more do you want? And then the Cowboys go out there and they didn't just lose on wild card weekend. They just completely came apart. And I don't even, I don't know. I kind of feel like, uh, you know, when Hank discovers that, that Walt is Heisenberg, I feel like he's like, I I don't even know you. And that's what I felt like. Uh, Who are you? And that's what the Cowboys were to me. I, I, I don't even know. Um. Mike, before we kind of dive into tonight's subject, I think, you know, you, your analogy was kind of based based on a violation of trust. Um, and I think the the hardest thing to reckon with is they had home field advantage. Yeah. Dak was playing out of his mind. CD was mm. playing out of his mind. Micah Parsons exists. I mean, if 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 it can't happen, then 
I mean, what what has to what what more would they need? I mean, it's just it's impossible to conceive. Yeah, I, 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 it's like so they they go Green Bay come out and start and they come hot out of right out of the gate and they score and you go okay okay and people are panicking straight away and I'm like it's okay don't panic don't panic and then all of a sudden Micah Parsons gets a holding call and I'm like ooh okay. Okay, they, they, here we go. Here's that little ray of sunlight we're hoping for. This has just happened. It's taken us 11 weeks for this to happen. Maybe there's something different happening in this game. And then, yeah, it, it doesn't become the case. And it just, everything snowballs. And Brandon Aubrey misses an extra point. And you're just like, oh, could things get any worse right now? as this whole thing is falling apart and unreeling on us. And you, you get to halftime and you're just like wondering, like, you, you're just like, here it is again. It's all, it's all happening again. And I'm trying to be the positive guy. But right now, when you look at that, you're like, I really can't be the positive guy. I'm trying to be, I'm trying to do my thing and do as much as I can, but I don't know how. <laughs> You um, you're John Snow right now. I mean, just taking on the whole army, uh, Mike. Really, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. It's it's With a tough scene. Horde. It should um, it should come as no surprise that the theme of tonight is just kind of general sadness, anger, frustration, whatever you want to call it. In fact. Tony Catalina was scheduled to be our fourth tonight. He couldn't make it after all, but he came up with the title. He's the first person to ever come up with this Tony Catalina. Is Danny calling tonight the airing of grievances? Nobody has ever referred to this in any semblance of pop culture. Um, so tonight, uh, we're each going to air out a few different grievances. There are, though, only two of you. Um, and if you recall, Danny and Mike, last time it was just the three of us. I was going to have the chat serve as a third option to kind of pick up points, but then Paul showed up, you know, all handsome with that beautiful baritone voice and ruined all that. Um, but, chat, we have to do something positive. We, we have to find some glimmer of light. So tonight, it is Mike against Danny against the chat. Tonight is your night, chat, to compete. I will be handing out points to you. You will be handing out points to the roundtablers. It will be a democratic process, as it always is. So we will see who comes out on top. Because if somebody's going to get a win, it's at the very least going to happen here on the Blog and the Boys Roundtable. Danny, are you scared of the chat? Uh, you know what? I, I'm i scared of everything, uh, to be quite honest. Uh, I have no confidence in what, what's going to happen. But I just say, you know, bring it. Let's see what they got. I mean, you know, who knows what can go down. So, I mean, I'm, I'm curious to see if they can show up here and, you know, when called upon. Well, uh, Kevin took away five points in the chat, says we talked ourselves into believing in the Cowboys this year. Uh, so it could be that kind of night. Thank you uh, to DimSum05 for the Super Chats. It's 2024 schedule, all away games, all playoff teams. Uh, not every single away game, but yeah, I mean, Cowboys have a first play schedule now. That is part of the, um, the break of everything that happened. Um, let's get to the airing of grievances. Danny Phantom. Um, I don't know if you've been waiting to tee off on Mike McCarthy. I don't know if you even have the spirit to tee off on Mike McCarthy after what happened, but what is your first grievance and why? Well, it, it's got to be Mike McCarthy. Um, I mean, I always can find room to uh, have something to say, but I, this isn't one of those where I'm like, you know, what did I tell you sort of thing? Because I, for, for months, you know, with you guys, I've been wanting to believe in this guy and there's there's a lot of things that he does do that I think he deserves credit for and that I'm, that I'm happy about. But 
as a whole, and here's the thing. So, you know, like, should the Cowboys stick it out with Mike McCarthy? If that's like a question you're asking me, you know, let's just put things on the table. You know, he works well with the Joneses. You know, he manages the health of his players really well. He stays in his lane. You know, he lets the draft people do the draft. I have no doubts that this team would, again, return with a winning record, you know, maybe even go 12 and five again, you know, don't even, I don't even doubt that. Uh, he keeps the engine running. He can get you to the airport on time, but are you really going anywhere? And and, and this is where I say no. Uh, I, ha- I have never witnessed a more unprepared team than what I saw on Sunday. Um, he creates this heightened sense of ability an overconfident locker room instead of that hungry, you know, something to prove group um, who is always fighting. I mean, every season we're left wondering how did it all go wrong? And, you know, I thought we were better than this. Uh, we're not, though. Um, you know, we're a good football team, but we lack that edge to be great. We can't stop ourselves from committing penalties. I mean, it's just again and again. Uh, McCarthy, to me, is a net negative when it comes to clock management and games in-game situations. And I felt like Sunday that the team was just completely shell-shocked from what was going on, and they just collapsed. So, you know, even in 2016, we look at it when they got down to the Packers 21-3. to uh, I mean, those guys kept fighting. You know, they they got back in and they they tied the game. They lost, but they they kept fighting. Um, but there was absolutely no fight in in McCarthy's Cowboys on Sunday. Um, Mike, it's, I mean, my dad likes to say one oh crap wipes out a million attaboys, <laughs> and and uh, he he words it a little bit differently. Uh, but this is a family I- show, <laughs> um, and um, and and Mike had built up a lot of goodwill. I mm-hmm. think an, an objective, you know, goodwill. Um, but I mean, now, you know, now the totality of things is much more difficult to defend because now it's, well, you're one and three in the playoffs. And that one win was against a below 500 team. And, mm-hmm. you know, Danny, you brought up uh, how the Cowboys still fought when they were down against the Packers. That was Mike McCarthy's Packers that that left the door open, you know, for the Cowboys to, to fight and, and scratch and claw back and, even two years prior to that, they blew that big lead in the NFC Championship game in Seattle after Des caught it. So, Mike, I mean, look, I have been Team McCarthy through and through and through and through and through. And I have always attested that if, you know, crap hit the fan, um, you know, in the playoffs that, you know, I reserve the right to change my mind. I, I have to say I have. I mean, how can you like, how can you come here, Mike, maybe you're about to, and, and say that he should return as the team's head coach this, this next season? Yeah, it is. It's... It's difficult because you've got, on the one hand, you've got the Mike McCarthy of the regular season in the last two years, 37 wins. That is the second most wins for a head coach in that time. So you go, that, that's insane, you know? Um, and then, but then you kind of stop then, in, like you say, you go, but in the playoffs, he's one and three. So there seems to be that when it matters most and when it's the highest, how can you defend Mike McCarthy at this stage when the roster as good as it's been? And even when you think of, of last year of how good the roster, the roster was good then. Uh, and you get to the, the playoffs and fall apart and break apart. And it, it seems to be a pressure thing. It's really strange. It's odd to watch that it's not just the playoffs. Like look at Arizona, that when they are, not the underdogs, when they're the guys that are supposed to win, when they're the guys who are the favourites to win, when they're like plus seven or more to win, they don't. 
they can't they can't win. It, it seems to be when they're the underdog, they perform best, and it's really odd to watch. And that's my my biggest grievance so far is is the pressure thing. It's like why is it that when you're under pressure, you cannot perform? And that's the weirdest part. I can't understand. I can't get my head around it. I mean, some people want to attribute it to the Joneses, and I don't think that's unfair. Yeah. I mean, maybe you could argue it's the the weight of the drought and, and the franchise and, and the pressure associated with that. I don't think it's okay. impossible to say it's just horrible coincidence. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, it, it really could just be that. I mean, it's, it's really difficult to fathom um, because you mentioned the pressure thing is your biggest grievance, yeah. Mike. Hmm. I do not want to go down this road and in that like i wish we didn't have to but we do have yeah to. yeah no yeah. because cu counting buck says you can make the same argument for Dak. i love Dak. we all love Dak, and mm -hmm. i maintain that he is one of the best quarterbacks in the nfl and i recognize how frustrating that is for people to hear right now but danny i mean all like it's you can pile it up in the regular season like it is un the sample size is massive at this point for Dak Prescott. Maybe not massive, but it is significant. It is enough to draw a legitimate conclusion from that he kind of folds in, in, in these games. And, and you can call it whatever you want. And that's so frustrating because he has all of the opportunity in front of him, the opportunity of control. And yeah, I mean, we can sit here and, and talk about all these you know other factors that are hindering him, but Dak deserves an enormous amount of blame here. He does. And it's hard too because, and this is one thing when I try to be careful when I spread out my criticism because um, it's very, I mean, you have to look at everything. And then this is where with Dak Prescott, and I know there's a, he's so defined, you know, that the, what people think of him is just cra crazy different, you know? Yeah. You, there's we, no true like rational opinions on Dak, right? Yeah. And I think that the, the I don't want to like single groups up. I think the smarter heads will tell you that he's a, he's a good quarterback and the Cowboys are lucky to have him. And, and all that. And I, that, that to me, there's no doubt about that. But, but yeah, I mean, you look at this game, Dak was terrible. Um, you know, he was making poor decisions. I don't know what was going on exactly with the offense as a whole, as far as play calling CD lamb, um, Dak, you know, and, and it, it, the whole thing was just weird. And there, I'm sure there's some shared blame everywhere. Uh, but I can safely say that Prescott wasn't making good reads, wasn't making good decisions. Maybe he was just sometimes just like, you know, I'm just going to force it. I mean, you saw, you know, two picks and both, both of those were basically one was a touchdown. The other set up a touchdown. I mean, it was just very damaging. Um, and I've said before that when it comes to Dak, and I think he gets let off the hook way too much because we all love him and, and we should. Um, but when it comes to playoff time, he has not like played, great and the Cowboys still lost it's there's always in the 49er games too you he'll make one of those throws that you know he'll make a bad read it gets picked or something he doesn't make those plays so he hasn't like lifted us up so while it hasn't he hasn't been the blame in the past for us losing he hasn't been the reason too um in those when we've had struggles and but but on Sunday he was definitely if you were in a throw the people in there, you know, and you have a limited choice as Prescott's name goes in there because he he deserves it. Um, Kevin says the rational opinion is he's a good quarterback, top 10, and it's going to set us back several years if we move on from him. And, Mike, I'm not – I mean, I think the three of us at least agree, and a lot of people in the chat do, that it's a it's a fine decision to 
you know, have Dak Prescott be a part of the Cowboys. But I mean, it, it's I've reached a point. I think we all have where it is fair to understand why it would be maddening. I mean, they're eight years in. I mean, you know, like at this point, they are betting against history. I mean, Matt Ryan, Peyton Manning. I mean, they are there are very, very few exceptions to the rule in terms of players who finally broke through this late in their careers. Um, oh. And again, what's again where it feels like we're stuck in purgatory, Mike, is there are objective reasons to believe in him. There are objective reasons to be incredibly concerned as well. Yeah, and again, I think with with that the issue is is going back to and and I agree with with what Danny says that he he. He isn't the sole reason the Cowboys lost, but he is a reason. Um, but with Dak, again, when we talk about, you know, as I say, biggest grievance is pressure. I think that is what's on Dak's shoulders the most. He is the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. He's got to take that pressure on. He's shown he can do it, but he's got this gigantic, ginormous gorilla over his back right now, which is the playoffs. And I think once you get to the playoffs, he feels that pressure even more. He has, he knows in the background there's stories of Dak can't perform when it matters most, can't perform in the big game, can't perform in the playoffs. And then you get to the playoffs, you see a guy who is first in the NFL in the regular season in touchdowns, gets to the playoffs, and you see this happen. And the only thing I can attribute to the reason why that performance happens is that the pressure is just too much, that he needs to be able to shake this giant gorilla off his shoulders, off his back, and he just can't. He, there's, it's just it's too, the, it's, the moment now is too enormous for him. Um, Danny, I really hate, I think all these comments are fair. This comment from Hillary Molly Vegas says, in big games, they wet the bed. San Francisco Bills playoffs. They bully the bad teams and tie or win against mediocre teams. It's weird when they have so many pro ballers on their team. Same for Dak. I love Dak, so that sucks. Like, they literally breathed life into all these narratives, right? Like, all, all these things that we tend to roll our eyes at, like, oh, you know, they because, again, that, that does seem like a simplistic way of looking at things on the surface, but, like, how can you argue against that now? I mean, it, it does look like this season – they just beat all the, you know, crummy or average teams. And anytime they faced either to Mike's point, any kind of, you know, adversity in terms of being heavy favorites or going up against, you know, an opportunity to prove themselves, they couldn't. And they just survived longer than Philadelphia to win the NFC East. Yeah. And it's actually sad too. And I've actually tried to avoid this. And I mean, because I mean, you always want to look at things and try to make the best decision with the information you have. And I know that's all that's always been there. And that statement that we just saw is mostly true. You know, there's there's some uh, exceptions where we get some wins on good teams, and, and but it's it, it's mostly true. But I try to look. I'm trying to ignore it. I'm, I don't want to believe it, and I want to believe this team. There's other things. You know, I'll even go as far as saying, hey, they're better on their own home field turf than they are in grass. You know, because right. I can I can draw a correlation there. But but look what happened. There's that AT and T there. It's like so. This narrative actually holds the most water. It lately. It's just. It, it, that we we aren't we aren't good against good teams. I feel like those teams are just they they have a more a stronger mentality. They're they're ready to go. They have something to prove, and they come out there and, and they smack us. And the Cowboys, they feel they're not anyone's underdogs, is what they'll say, and they believe in themselves, and they do not have that same sense of urgency to to prove themselves. And that's why I feel like those when it comes to those good teams, they beat us because. They just have that edge. The Cowboys don't, and it's very frustrating when we 
when we could only beat the bad teams. Because I tell you what, 2024 schedule, there's a lot of good teams on our schedule. So that we're, we're in trouble if, if this continues to hold true. Um, my grievance to get to my first one, I don't think it's a shock. Um, Dan Quinn. Uh, I've been coming for Danny Q, not Danny Phantom, um, all season long, really. Um, and the more I've thought about this, more specifically in the aftermath of Sunday, I think Dan is an example of the worst part of the way the Joneses go about building their roster. They're bargain bin hunting, right? Like they're, oh, we'll take this, these damaged goods for whatever reason, whether this player had an injury or this player had a suspension, this player, you know, had a, a, a positive test or whatever. That's why they fell. We're, we're getting second round value in the fifth round. And they thought that they were getting, and they did, to be very clear, they thought they were getting this like head coach in waiting in Dan Quinn. And again, it looked like that for, for the better part of two years. And and I would offer that a big reason for that was Micah Parsons playing at an elite level and kind of carrying things. But, and, and I don't want to act like McCarthy and Dak Prescott don't deserve their fair share of the blame. I mean, this is just, you know, again, we're all airing out grievances here. But I thought Clayton had this great point. This was a kind of clicked it all for me. We all bought into the Dan Quinn hype and thought we were getting a diamond. I mean, this to me is the same thing as, Henry Melton or, I mean, Nolan Carroll. I mean, not quite that dramatic, but like, oh, man, we're, we're really – Rolando McClain, like, we're getting this big-time star. And in reality – and, Danny, you wrote about this uh, today on Tuesday at Blog on the Voice. I, I find it to be amazing how Dan Quinn's former disciples seem to hate him. I mean, see, seem to revel in humiliating him. Um, Kyle Shanahan today – uh, had a quip about how, oh, yeah, we started working on the Packers in the second quarter because, you know, effectively saying, like, they blasted the Cowboys so badly. I mean, like, I, I wonder if they, you know, they thought at the time, I'm again, my assumption here, when they were working for him, like, man, we can coach circles around this dude. And they can. Like, we, we have we have the worst we have the worst one. Like, we of, of all that group, we have the worst bill of goods, Danny Phantom. And, again, I don't say that to say, like, Dan sucks. But, I mean, man, he really got by on reputation this whole season. Yeah, so the thing here is, I mean, what happened on Sunday was just horrendous. Um, and I I won't even waste words trying to defend Dan Quinn for that because, I mean, just everything about it was just so bad. I mean, the, the, his players did not know what coverages they're supposed to be in. They're all turned around. It was just from top to bottom, it was just, it was dreadful. And it, again, it was almost like, I don't even recognize you. This is... This isn't who they've been. We, we have to admit this. This is not who they've been. The Cowboys, the reason that I'm so high on Quinn is because, and I've said this all year, is I don't think this is a very good Cowboys defense. I think they are they are fine. But I, I do think that that's the one thing I would, and I got that tweet a lot when when because I've been, you know, I've been, you know, airing my grievances out. I got all these tweets that are like, oh, we can't hold Dan Quinn responsible for like the poor play of the linebackers. The linebacker group that Dan Quinn was like, I'm good with Marquise Bell. I'm good converting all these safeties. Like Dan Quinn made that bet. I'm I'm fine giving him a pass for Trayvon Diggs getting hurt and things like that. But I mean, Dan Quinn went about this with small linebackers. That was his absolutely. Vision. No, absolutely, and he doesn't get a pass for this. So the the the, t- the fact that they're they're a nickel team when they they don't have linebackers, absolutely, that's on him. Terrible idea, and it's I mean the Cowboys are they, they paid dearly for it, but it doesn't change the fact that he does get good things out of players. The Cowboys don't have Deron Bland is not an All Pro cornerback, despite what they tell you, he's not. You know, and the the Cowboys don't their defense is not filled with 
high-level talent players. So I do appreciate what Dan Quinn does and what he's done. The Cowboys defense as a whole, you know, they're top five in DVO, DVOA, three straight seasons. This is not some fabricated, uh, my own opinion about how good they are. The Cowboys well, they're, defense. they're the same offensively, too. I mean, for the most part. I mean, yeah, closely. Yeah, yeah, right. And so there, there's there's issues there, too. But what I'm saying is did, we can't uh, – if people are judging Dan Quinn by this one game, that's wrong. If people are judging Dan Quinn by just these other stats, that's wrong, too. The whole thing has to be taken into account. Now, here's the thing. I, I don't feel about Dan Quinn as I once did. I grow, I, I grow. I grow. There's a moving average with everything. Right, right. You, right. you, 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 you evolve. So I'm. I have my own concerns when it comes to Dan Quinn too. So I'm not going to sit there and say, "Well, guys, come on, just you know, give him a pass and stuff." You know, let's let's he's, let's make him our head coach or something. You're not going to hear that from me. But at the same time, you have to look at everything. And the, the Cowboys, they did make a lot of improvements. I mean, you've been a rep following this team a long time, RJ. I mean, this you we remember when the defense were were a bunch of guys we didn't even know what their names were. So, Henry Melton, I just said his name. Wow. No, no, we know who Henry Melton is. I'm talking about guys even worse than that. I mean, right, right, right. George Selvey, Jeremy Minsky. You know, yeah, the, the eight and eight years, the eight and eight years. I mean, the defense was just just garbage. So that's why I'm just really appreciative of what he is able to do. Uh, but there's work that needs to be done. The Cowboys have issues, and the the, the coaching staff there's issues with, and it happened. It, on both sides of the ball. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Uh, Mike, uh, your thoughts on Dan Quinn, but to set you up, Kevin says it just feels like a lot of the blemishes on Dan Quinn's squad were overlooked way too long. Takeaways yeah. while huge mask a lot of other issues. And I don't yeah. want to act like generating takeaways is like a flaw. Of the, yeah. that's you know it's an incredible thing but i think you can make an argument certainly with the benefit of hindsight that like they were pretty lucky they, they had you know trayvon diggs had this amazing year in 2021 deron bland to danny's point had this amazing year dan quinn deserves credit for that but like those takeaways otherwise did you know change things i mean even like i think about the the patriots game in 2021 mike I mean, Trayvon Diggs has the pick six, but then they immediately give up the 75-yard touchdown to Kendrick Bourne. I mean, so, you know, they have been kind of hit or miss as a group. Yeah. For me, Dan Quinn was was my biggest one. When you said it straight away, I was like, oh, RJ's stolen this from me. Um, 
because Dan Quinn in that that playoff game, <laughs> going to the pressure thing, I don't want to go keep back into that again. But we've seen Dan Quinn as a coach in the playoffs defensively fall apart. Look at the the, the Super Bowl against the Patriots. They've got a huge lead. It, it, the defense flumps, and I know it's Tom Brady and all the rest of it. But you've got proof again uh, of being able to take a team into the playoffs to go down that road and fall and squander defensively straight away. And I think what you've seen with Dan Quinn is what you see all the time, is that he has this idea in his head of how he wants the defence to look and refuses to change. And that's what you've seen in that game. He refused to move from the scheme he's come into the game with. And you're screaming, going... This isn't the Dallas Cowboys defense. This isn't how you've defended all season. Why all of a sudden now are you doing it this way? Are you going heavy zone and allowing all this to happen? It it, it baffles, it, it literally baffles the mind. And I think one of the things he was hoping for was at some point during the game, there would be a break, like a fumble or an interception. And that, you know, coming full circle to your question. Right. And I, I think that is what, what he was pushing for. The issue was, is that Jordan Love, historically this season, hadn't thrown that many interceptions. So I don't know what he was waiting for. I don't know why he held there. And I think, for me, the only reason why he held in that cover two shelf for as long as he did on deep zone was he was just hoping that, somebody was going to make a play on the ball. Um, okay, I'm going to bring up a question. So it's a question as to whether, you know, y'all have a grievance on this. Because I did our post-game show, which was filled with – I don't think I told either of you. We had a lot of Packers fans. Um, we had a lot of Eagles fans. We had a lot of Niners fans. It was a really sad day. Um, it was a tough time. My voice is obviously a little bit broken up because of it. You know, this is my cross to bear. That being said – there are a lot of people, Nanny, who are kind of, and this happens, right? Like, you know, if when you're having success, everybody's cool with everything you do. Everything you touch turns to gold. You know, you can make T-shirts with all sorts of slogans. People are kind of fed up with Micah Parsons, Danny. And, and people now, now you're seeing people say like, oh, man, why does he have this podcast? Like, and you don't have to offer a take on that. But it, people people did feel like Micah Parsons was really small in in, in perhaps the biggest game of his career. And in fact, what was the exact quote that he said last week? Like he, he was going to be phenomenal or legendary, or whatever. Like Micah says that a lot. I like to point out that last year when the Cowboys lost to the Packers, Micah said after, if Dak ever gives me a 14 point lead in the fourth quarter, I'm never going to squander it again. And they literally did it like two weeks later against the Jacksonville Jaguars. So Micah again was kind of absent in this game. You know what? This is one that I'm not. I'm, I won't. I won't stand for this. Uh, uh, here's the thing: all the Micah hate's got to stop. Uh, Mike Micah Parsons is a, is one of our best players on the team. I don't care about the podcast or what he says. You know, if he if he goes out there and says it's not going to happen again, and it does, what, I mean, what the guy's one person. Okay, are you disappointed with Micah Parsons' play? If if the answer is yes, it's because you have elevated too high. Because Micah Parsons goes out there and plays extremely well. He's, you know, he wins the, you know, pass rush win weight more than anyone in the league. Three straight years. Three. I mean, nobody's better than this guy. Um, this guy is incredible. I used to agree the Packers did a fantastic job blocking. Those guys are fantastic blockers, by the way. They're, they're more athletic than I realized. I'm, they're like running around and just protecting love. Love's dancing. I mean, it, they did a fantastic job. 
And the Cowboys could not bring the pressure. And that's where things started to fall apart for Dan Quinn because can't bring the pressure. Now you got to start to blitz and then, then that then love would just tear you up. But Mike, we gotta we gotta back off with Micah Parsons. Stop with it. I mean, it's you if we want to pick him out to to be mad at him, that's just that's wrong. He he's an incredible talent. Uh if you if you if you just expect more of him and like he's he's gonna just uh be the whole defense, then that's on you for thinking that way. I don't know what people are saying. I think it's just nonsense to me. He's an incredible player. He's he's not out there going out there and 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 writing checks that he's not cashing. I don't care that he thinks that he's you know he he believes and he's going to do these things fine. But he goes out there and and plays really hard. It's not like one of the other players to where it's like where did he go? Where did he go? Well, I mean, when he's missing, it's he's it's because he's being held or double teamed or stuff. If you're wanting him to get sacks with there, then you're expecting too much from him. Mike has been fine. Everybody just needs to. Slow the roll. Mike, um, the chat is kind of split on Danny. He's got a lot yeah. of, like, good job. I agree with you. But he's also got a lot of, like, no, Micah didn't show up. So break the tie for us. How do you feel? Okay, that's very, very easy. Uh, I agree. Mike Parsons, hugely talented. But he is what I think everyone will agree on, is that he just needs to drop the off-field stuff, mostly on social media. Just think, just do it. Just for now, forget it, drop it. Concentrate on just Dallas Cowboys football, and we'll all be happy. Yeah, I mean, I do think Micah is like, again, I think there's some legitimate claim to saying you no showed or however you want to term it. Um, but the fact that people are now coming for Micah um, is representative of like where we're at. Like, nobody is safe. Like, there, there's even CD Lamb. I mean, like, CD was, was a stock down for me. I mean, Danny, like, I love City, and he might be the best player on the team. Again, no disrespect to Micah Parsons, but, like, you can't be upset and morose, you know, in the first five minutes of a playoff game. Like, that that set the tone for what was a very awkward and clunky overall offensive experience. Yeah, and I really wish I knew what was going on there because – and we know that CD's not a diva. You know, we, we've seen him right. upset a couple times, and I think that when we look at those situations, we're, we're probably Team CD because – you know, it's he's got a good point, and then things get better, and uh, there's no reason CD shouldn't be involved. I don't know what's going on. I tend to, I because of what I've seen with CD, I give him the benefit of the doubt. I would sure. blame McCarthy over him. I blame Dak over him. Um, I, I feel like I don't. Did you I blame don't know Mike what, over CD? Who? Mike. Mike Poland. Oh, uh, it's kind of tough. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> you know, I've, I've never. I've got no reason to to not trust Mike Poland. So, uh, but I will say this kind of go and this loops into the micah thing too is fans we're we're really emotional right now we sure. we just want to blame everybody we'll blame our grandma you know be, it, because it's just where our emotions are so i think that we tend to just overreact and over blame uh but you really want to you need to look at you know because we're going to come back here next year and talk about how micah's def defensive player of the year he's the best guy out there and it's the same guy that we're talking about right now but we're just mad so we just got to stop with that and and same thing with CeeDee Lamb, too. It's phenomenal season. Uh, but I don't, like, again, I don't know what happened. Uh, I know that when they when the offense started to figure things out and they started to take a more mesh stuff, stuff over the smaller stuff, things they were moving the ball and CeeDee Lamb start, suddenly was a factor again. But early on, they were just not in sync with each other and everything was just out of order with the Cowboys offense. So I, I, I can't ex explain that, but nobody should be hating on CD. Nobody should be hating on Micah. Okay, um, so this is an update on the score at the moment for anyone who joined in late because we only have two competitors. 
the chat has served as our third, you know, kind of roundtable for the night. Mike Poland, you are in the lead with 81 points. Danny, you are tied with the chat, 79 points apiece. Here's what we're going to do. Final kind of topic in the chat. I'm going to have each of you kind of comment answers, and you're all going to have to pick one to represent yourselves. So if person X comments and all of you like it, you're going to say, yeah, person X, choose that one. Choose that. Person X speaks on behalf of us. So the prompt for this final portion, Danny, you will go first. You can change one thing within reason. All right, so chat, please keep that in mind. You, I'm giving you a magic wand. You can, you have one wish. I'm the genie. You get one thing. You have to tell me what you would change and how you would solve it. So as an example, I would get rid of Mike McCarthy. I would bring in Bill Belichick. Again, purely an example. You can do whatever you want. I would restructure Dak Prescott. I would, whatever, I mean, again, it could be whatever you want. You have to provide the you know situation you're addressing and the solution within the realm of practicality. So it can't be I would cut Dak and sign Tom Brady out of retirement. Again, everybody understand the rules? Good? Okay, Danny, your one thing that you would do right now to fix the Cowboys. So I would, I would, I would fire Mike McCarthy. I would, I would fire everybody. I would be, I, I would bring in a new young head coach. Let him hire. You got to give us a name. Like that's, you got to give me the name tonight. Can I pick my head coach? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's, it's, come on, welcome to the question. I mean, geez. I'll take Ben Johnson from the Lions. Okay. I'll just take the top one. Uh, give me a young offensive-minded coach. It could be. You know, it could be Bobby Slovak too. I, I but Ben Johnson, I'll take him if I get to pick. Young offensive mind, let him pick a staff. You know, let Jerry Jerry Jones give for the first time ever, not give him a partial coaching staff. Let him do it his way. You know, Jerry's still going to do Jerry things. We know that Wills, they're going to build a roster that that those are going to happen. But give us a fresh start, a new young offensive coach. Let's follow the trend. That's that's successful teams have had and let's go about it this way rather than this old way of just constantly partial coaches here you know you get this coordinator no you got to take kellen you know no you got to take callahan here dan quinn's coming and just no give the give the head coach his coaching staff and let's build this team the way it's supposed to okay so your offering is get rid of mike mccarthy that's a very popular one in the chat as you can imagine but your specific solution is Ben Johnson and more specifically, whatever Ben Johnson wants. And yes, I think I think you would agree that Mike McCarthy was saddled improperly in that respect. I mean, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Coordinate. And yeah. to your point, just so everyone's aware, because we have some younger fans that dates all the way back to the last coach who truly was able to outfit his staff the way he wanted to was Bill Parsons. Yeah, right. it's a long even, time. Yeah, that was and he his last year with the Cowboys was in 2006. This, you know, culture of, I don't want to call it nepotism, but favoritism or whatever. Uh, it's meddling you know. is what it is. You know, you got, right. you, got, you hire Wade Phillips, but you get Jason Garrett, you know, you got, it's right. all, it so, just keeps going. And the, the, again, for anyone who's unaware, 16, no, 17 years ago, the Cowboys hired Jason Garrett to be their offensive coordinator before hiring a head coach. Uh, so he was yeah. always the kind of head coach in waiting. And then obviously Kellen Moore, et cetera, et cetera, joined the staff and was retained when Mike McCarthy took over, which is the point you're talking about here. So, uh, Mike Poland, your offerings before we pick the chat. Chat, please let us know whose comment you support the most. Mike, you're up first. All right. I, my oh, – sorry, I would have said coach, too. I was going – You can. So, you, you can you can ask – you can double up answers here, Mike. This is your answer. Okay. So, I'll double the answer and say that, and I'll say my – I don't want Bill Belichick. I just think – not to go against you, RJ – yeah, you're my brother. I it was hypothetical. I, I mean, I'm kind of in on it a little bit, but I'll, I'll explain when it's my turn. But go ahead. 
Yeah, no, I just think the character. I just can you imagine um, Bill Belichick <laughs> and Jerry Jones together? That is a clash. Um, I think I, I quite like the idea of Rabel, and I I know what people are going to say, and he does draft poorly, but he doesn't have to worry about the draft. Like as a game caller, he's really good. But he just drafts bad teams. Well, the Cowboys have just made a big deal with Will McClay to keep him in the building. There's your answer to the draft. So you've taken, you're going to have the best of Vrabel and not have the worst parts of him. The other side that I was thinking of is that would help this team a lot. Uh, I think would just be a, a another stud wide receiver opposite CD Lamb. So not everything is funneling through CD in that sense, because you, you've seen in that game that if CD has a bad game, the offense has a bad game. So uh, to help the offense, have another guy who's next to him. Like we used to have the big three, you know, like when you go back to the Amari Cooper, CD lamb, uh, and you know, you have Michael Gallup back then who, by the way, had a massive game in the playoffs, but just randomly, you know, just goes to show you how crazy that game was. He went over a hundred yards for the first time in like two seasons, but you, you, you have the big... So when it's like that, you don't have to have everything funneled through CD Lamb, which helps the offense massively. But yeah, I, my, my first answer would have been get Vrabel. My second answer is another wide receiver beyond what CD Lamb is. That's, you know, definitely an interesting thought. And it's a shame that Brandon Cooks couldn't fully live up to yeah. in the playoffs because it seemed like he was on track for that. <laughs> By the way, L2K Warshades says blogging the boys is the most well-constructed part of the Dallas Cowboys. So, you know, hey, uh, good for us. Um, okay, so my answer to buy the chat a little bit more time, and I think we have a, a preferred answer from the chat. And I talked about this on the NFC East mixtape, which will come out on Wednesday. I would normally think the idea of Bill Belichick is dumb. Uh, and to be clear, my answer is move on from Mike McCarthy. But I agree with your tangential element, Danny. Like, Move on 100. percent like, You want to like, you want to move on from Mike McCarthy? That's my answer. Yeah, like you, the the water has to go somewhere here. You can't move on from the quarterback. We've outlined the financial part of that, you know, many different times, and we'll have to talk about it a lot in the coming months. Like some, you have to do something. Like you you can't live in this purgatory. You can't. Like I mean, I respect Mike McCarthy greatly and think what he's done is tremendous. But like, there's a clear ceiling on it. And, and he's he was supposed to be the difference maker. He was supposed to be the person that took you past the divisional round. He has one playoff win in four years. Like, forget the, like, divisional round weight or shadow. I mean, like, if any coach had one playoff win in four years on any team, you know, that team would be talking about moving on unless it was that, that fourth year that the playoff win came in. You get my point. So, I mean, we, we're, you mentioned it, Danny, like, Data changes, information changes. I've had Mike McCarthy's back, but, like, this is too irrecoverable in my mind. And, I mean, they might bring him back, and I think that would be a mistake unless you are truly, and I would disagree with this, but if you're like, we're going to have Mike go at this in a contract year, we're not going to we're not gonna extend Dak, we're going to eat the $60 million, we're just going to let these dudes try to try to shock the world in 2024. And if they do, cool. I mean, I would disagree with that vehemently, but I mean, whatever. There would be a, a semblance of logic in that. But so my answer is move on from Mike McCarthy. Um, and I'm down, like, if, so like living within that, my preferred option is Bill Belichick. And again, I, I normally think stuff like this is hokey and silly, but like, what, like, we've tried it all. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> how, how could this, you know, 
this this is the stupidest thing we can think of. You know what I mean? Like I, I recognize there's a lot of logic in both of your answers and Mike Vrabel and Ben Johnson, but like if the greatest coach of all time with the the most cachet to swing around in front of Jerry Jones can't do this, even if he is past his prime, then at that point we, you know, like at least we can accept it, right? Like like, like if Bill Belichick fails here, we can reach a different point of acceptance that we're not at right now. And and there was a, ch- uh, a comment from somebody that, that uh, I've already missed at this point, but I recognize that Bill Belichick has his own sense of favoritism and nepotism with, with his assistants. Do it the Belichick way. Like I, I sign me up for that or and it, but if, if you want to go the Harbaugh way, like they're somewhat interchangeable to me. Like I, I just want that cunning, shrewd dude who's had a lot of success. I'm, I'm down with either one of those. It's a coin flip for me at this point. So I want to quick make a quick comment about Belichick or Harbaugh, Harbaugh which I think are both really good coaches. Um, I, I am anti those as far as I do. I don't think that would be smart. Um, I want to say a couple of things. First off, whenever you're getting a retread, even if it's Bill Belichick, there's always the risk. I mean, I, sure. I, I look at Mike McCarthy. Look at Mike McCarthy, for example. But here's the thing that I do not like. One of the things that Bill Belichick is, he's a Hall of Fame coach, and even Harbaugh, too, is really good, is they build teams. The one thing the Cowboys do well is their roster building, in my opinion. See, if, like, Belichick, if he comes in there and starts like, and messes with the one thing the Cowboys do well because Belichick has not drafted well recently. That's why Patriots they're suffering right now. So th- there's part of me that says, yeah, you know what? He can make Jerry unlike Jerry. He keys the one guy, the Parcells, the Jimmy Johnson's type mentality that says I'm the man. And Jerry, if he can just somehow let go of that, maybe it works. But there's also the possibility that he's just, you know, he he might be fading. It just might not be his time anymore. He could be on the downswing. And it could be end up a hot mess. So I do not want to go that route for that reason, but that I just wanted to put that out there. I will agree with you, Danny. Like in a perfect world, Mike, to set you up here. In a, in a perfect world, I'd have my cake and eat it too, which is an expression I think is stupid. You know, Bill Belichick would coach. Will McClay would obviously handle personnel and all those sorts of things. But we're at the point where, again, Mike McCarthy deserves kind of the lion's share of the blame here. But like Will McClay isn't infallible. You know what I mean? Like the we're we're coming out part of the reason this season what you know went the way it did is like name the rookie that that like contributed to their to their success. Brandon Aubrey, you know what I mean? Like again, I'm not trying to say Will McClay sucks by any stretch of the imagination, but like do it the Belichick way. Like, you know, Will, Will McClay is is you know malleable for me in that sense. I'm willing to explore like I'm not gonna thumb my nose at something just because, you know. We kind of like that Will McClay doesn't miss on every second round draft pick, you know, that he ever executes. So, uh, again, I don't mean to, to be ungrateful for Will McClay, but that's just kind of my general thoughts on that. Mike. Yeah, all I was going to say is that for all the talk that we're having on what coaches we would like to see, I just think strap in and hold on cause. I don't think Mike McCarthy, and this is like not my decision, what I believe will happen isn't going to go anywhere because we have seen how almost to the detriment of the Cowboys, um, like sort of their next following seasons that happen is that Jerry Jones and the front office won't move very often off their head coaches. They will sit and almost be overly patient like look at Jason Gara you can go through the list of head coaches where you're like this guy should have gone way before and they don't they've held on they've held on so I actually think that Mike McCarthy will still be the head coach next year 
What happens beyond that, I don't know, because of obviously the contract and how that all ends. But I don't think he goes any. I, I think he will stay. That the that Jerry Jones, Stephen Jones, that whole crew will just be like, let's hold on, let's just see one more year because we have history of of him willing to be patient. Um, all fine and interesting candidates, wouldn't you say, Danny? Yeah, I want to just make one quick point on what Mike said. Is I don't think Jerry's as patient as we we think because I'll tell you what. You know, he, he declined to comment about what he might do. I think Jerry is extremely disappointed with what happened. And I, I don't think even he expected it to unfold the way it did. I think that there there's going to be some serious consideration going on, some seriously um, gut checks within the organization, like what they need to do to 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 make this better. Because I don't know if they want to sit here another, another year and let McCarthy go through the motions and we're going to feel good again and then – you know, roll the dice in the playoffs and then go through this. I don't know if if they're going to be willing to do that. They may be, uh, but I, I do think there's going to be some serious conversations about what's best for this team and some serious doubt in Mike McCarthy. Um, the chat seemed to vote most for Kevin's comment in terms of thing you could do. Kevin simply said Harbaugh, um, which I think if we extrapolate clearly means move on from Mike McCarthy, bring in Jim Harbaugh, which as I mentioned, I'm fine with. He's kind of in that group for me. Mike Vrabel's kind of like a distant cousin of that overall disposition, Mike. So, I mean, I'm kind of with you in that particular sense. Um, and I obviously, you know, am down with this particular you know disposition. So, uh, well done, Kevin. Well done, chat, for kind of agreeing with him. But the chat agreed with all of our takes, which and the fact that we all agree that the thing that you have to do is move on from Mike McCarthy after a cataclysmic failure really does kind of suggest that that is the best thing in the interest of this team even though it's unfair on, on some level it's unfair but like it's just the name of the game at this point in time and he had his chance they had their chance and they blew it dick no I agree i mean i don't even i mean this is i feel like i've kind of been arguing you know this this whole time and we're all just kind of waiting to see what happened and i think it's we we, we waited and we saw and um you know i think we're a lot more aligned now with it and sadly this is not the the destination we were hoping for by the way um i wrote an article about this that'll come out later this week um the last two significant coaching decisions the cowboys made moving on from kellen moore and obviously moving on from jason garrett both of those decisions were announced or reported a week after they were eliminated during nfl games so in 2019 when the cowboys missed the playoffs it was a week later when the eagles were in the middle of their wild card loss to the seahawks that the news came out that they weren't going to bring back Jason Garrett, even though that was really obvious. And last year, it was right as the Eagles had won the NFC that the word came out that they were moving on from Kellen Moore. So I would, again, if history does repeat itself, it, there would be some sort of report or rumor or whatever on maybe Saturday afternoon during the Packers not his game, but we will see. Um, I want to say one thing, though. I don't fine. think this is going to happen with 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 one of my choices. Well, you know, my choices, I listed, I tweeted three of them this this afternoon. And they're all playing still. Um, so, you know, I, I feel like if the Joneses were had their eye on one of those guys, they would be very, very quiet about it. But then once that one of those teams were eliminated, then all of a sudden we'd learn that the Cowboys have interest in, you know, Mike McDonald or something. Or And, you well, know, they could fire McCarthy, before, you know what I mean? But like this weekend, that's all I'm saying. Like that news could drop. Not that they've hired somebody new yet, to your point. 
Yeah, I feel like they'll have things figured out before they even decide to let McCarthy go. I don't think they're going to fire McCarthy without having a, his replacement. Well, that would not be abiding by the rules. And you know the Dallas Cowboys love to abide by the rules. Danny Phantom. I mean, so. Um, all right. Are y'all ready to find out who won? Yeah. Okay, yeah, we're ready. This was tight. This was one of the closest battles we've ever had. Three worthy competitors. Mike, the freight train Poland. Danny, Mr. Fantastic Phantom. But tonight, the prevailing champion by a three-point margin was the chat. Congratulations for the first time in blogging the boys roundtable history. The I winner to the people. is the chat. Thank you, uh, Hillary Molly Vegas, for saying you feel bad that I'm sick again. I'm. It's really just my voice. I'm, I don't feel sick. It's just I'm, I'm losing my voice. Uh, David Smith, Danny, says the sad panda chat wins again. Rick says, yay. Watsamata says the chat wins the pennant. Only caring about the pennant. Who cares about the World Series? Uh, Danny, do you want to offer any words of congratulations to the chat? Or, you know, no, I don't want. I don't want to offer any congratulations to him. I, I don't know what they said to earn this. They probably didn't deserve it. Um, no, for no, I I do care what they say. Uh, I appreciate them hanging with us and listening to us and awarding us points, taking us taking points away sometimes for no reason whatsoever. No, that's great and good good job, chat. Uh, you know, I uh, I'm sure what you said was very profound, and uh, you know, it will loom large in what happens this you know going forward. Uh, Mike, do you want to offer any, you know, any pieces of advice now that they're winners? You've won round tables before. I mean, you know, mm -hmm. we don't want their head, you know, their, them to get too big for their britches. I mean, do you want to offer advice how to stay humble? Yeah, I, I, I'm going to stay humble, although, you know, because uh, I was second here. So second <laughs> is the first loser. So, <laughs> um, but I, I will say, I will say power to the people. Um, I, I don't want to give them, encourage them too much, but. They, they are, um, so if people want to talk about MVPs, they are the MVPs tonight. You know, um, that's a great kind of way to set up the end here, Mike. Um, we're so fortunate to do what we do. It is so cool that people take time to hang out with us. Um, the the way that Cowboys fans unite, I mean, for anyone who doesn't know, Mike is, it's almost three in the morning for Mike uh, across the pond. And he stays up to do these from time to time, obviously to watch different Cowboys games because he loves it. I mean, we're all sad and we're all mad and we're all pissed off. But Danny, this team unites us. And that is a cool thing, objectively. It is, for sure. And, you know, it, we're not the casual fans that are going to just, you know, wrap it all up, you know, pack it up and go home. And let's like, oh, what are we going to do now? You know, this this is just, you know, another day for us. We're going to do it all over again. We're going to get excited about free agency. We're going to get excited about the draft, excited about training camp, all that stuff. It's just part of our life. It's who we are, and I'm. You know, it's nice to actually share this with everybody and people come in here and uh, hang with us. So I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't. It's sad that our season's over, and now we have to talk in past tense. And it's all. It's going to be 2024 from here on out. We love to have some bonus football. Didn't work out that way, but at the same time, there's always another game coming. So, um, Mike, send us home. You can say anything you want, uh, PG-13, but, uh, you know, because you have a propensity for other things. We'll just leave it at that. Uh, but that being said, it's, it's your way to, to send us out, Mike Poland. Okay, I'm going to send us out with one big one that will put everybody on a high to end. 
I mean, I'm going to talk very quickly on the Eagles game. So I'm going to say Cowboys forever, Phillies for never. <laughs> 